So again, the individual who's sharing their badges becomes a, a conduit, so so to speak, for an organization to really put the word out there that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do on their own through traditional marketing avenues. I'm Salisa Steele. I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode 322, which features a conversation with Dr. Ginger Malin. Ginger is founder and CEO of BadgeCert, which provides an enterprise class platform for creating, issuing, storing, and sharing digital badges that verify earners' skills, credentials, and continuing education experiences. BadgeCert got its start in 2013, but Ginger's been in the learning and development space for almost 25 years. Ginger and Salisa talk about digital badging broadly and get into related topics like verifiability, micro-credentials, stacking, blockchain, engagement, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, and the marketing potential of digital badges. If you're thinking about doing more with digital badges at your learning business or thinking of getting started with badging, this is a conversation for you. Ginger and Salisa spoke in August 2022. So tell us about Badge Cert and the work that you do. So Badge Cert started, I'll just kind of give you that that context, but Badge Cert started, I was a professor of education before starting the company. So in my research and in just my experiences as an instructor, I really came to understand that there are lots of different ways that we could recognize students for all the things that they were doing. And transcripts really weren't a real effective way to say, this is what the competencies and skills are are that were most effective for success in the in the work world. So as I was kind of looking through that, I really came to understand, hey, we need a new way of recognizing all sorts of different competencies and skills. So I came across digital badges a long time ago. Now it's almost 12 years ago through Mozilla Open Badges Framework as a researcher and said, hey, this is really an interesting medium to recognize all sorts of experiences, and especially those skills and competencies. So I started to utilize that in my classroom and really came quickly to understand that there was a lot of opportunity here for professional use. And the Mozilla Open Badges framework was just that. It was a framework and it was a really good foundation, but then decided to take the leap from, so to speak, the ivory tower and build the platform from the ground up using that framework, really to broaden the opportunity to utilize digital badges as a means for recognizing professional development, recognizing training, recognizing certification and licensure. So that's really where it got its start is looking at those kinds of ways to, again, do recognition. And then there's a lot of other opportunities there through the technology that were really meaningful for the types of organizations that we were approaching. So things like expiration, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, and things like revocation of, of credentials. So digital badges really made a lot of sense at that point. So started the company from, again, the ground up and started building a business on it. Well, great. Thanks for that origin story there. And You've begun to get into it, but I would like to ask directly about the benefits of digital badging and how you describe that um, to folks when you're talking about, you know, why they should go down the, the digital badge path. Certainly. So it just, again, I mentioned a little bit about this, but expiration was a big 
feature factor with the types of organizations that we work with, particularly those in certification and licensing world, because their revenue is tied to people recertifying and and going back and re-upping their licenses. So because that was a factor for a lot of certification bodies, that became a real good fit for digital badges because that expiration opportunity then became something that we could send out reminder emails automatically through the platform that said, hey, your badge is going to expire in 30 days. Please click here to submit your CEs. Please click here to take this training. Please click here to do whatever it is that they needed them to do. So that was one of the features and one of the benefits and goals that organizations had that we could fulfill with digital badges. But expanding beyond that, looking at training providers and other folks in the L&D space, expiration is also really interesting for engagement because a lot of these organizations want to engage meaningfully with people who've already gone through their programs. So just again, in the broader L&D world, those are training providers, both small and large. We know a lot of organizations that have started over the last couple of years that are individuals hanging a shingle that are you know, interested in, in providing training for a broader audience in, in whatever topic it may be. So those organizations want to say, okay, we had these people go through our courses a year ago. If we expire badges, then we have this opportunity to re-engage them and say, hey, why don't you take this two-question survey? How have you used this course in your professional life? And are you looking for any other courses? Are there other content areas that you're interested in? So something as simple as that could be the call to action to have that badge renewed for them for another year or two. So there's lots of different ways to use that expiration feature as one piece of that. But in terms of other goals and features, we also have, again, I mentioned this before, revocation. So a lot of the organizations that we work with have to have the opportunity then to say, there's misconduct here, there's a mistake here, we're going to revoke this badge, either reissue it or just revoke it altogether. Because Somebody in a, in a professional space that says I'm credentialed when they no longer are is a, is, a, is a problem. So there's that opportunity as well. And then more broadly, from a goal standpoint, is marketing. Because organizations really want to utilize their credential holders or their participants as a tool or as a medium to spread the word out about their programs. So as people accept a badge and then want to share their badge, they can share it on any social media platform, email signatures, et cetera. They become a really important piece of the puzzle for marketing because, again, they're spreading the word really organically with their broader communities. So those three are really key tools that we see for badging, but just, again, an alternative to a paper certificate, something that people can, as I mentioned, display on social media. It gives them the pride that they're looking for and something, again, that's authentic particularly meaningful to them that they can share. A paper certificate is something you put in your drawer. We no longer have walls, a lot of us. So we're not you know, getting that plaque anymore and hanging it on our wall unless we're the only ones that want to see it. So again, the change or that tipping point really occurred as people were living their lives online and then wanted to have something that's verifiable that they can share again on social media, but also on resumes and job boards and all those other kinds of things. So they can really legitimize the kinds of experiences that they've had personally and share the digital badge as a means to do so. And you just mentioned verifiable. And, you know, I feel like that verifiability comes up a lot when reading about thinking about digital badges. I mean, in your mind, does sort of the expiration and the revocation, all of that, does that sort of fall under the verifiability heading or do you think of that in any additional ways? Certainly. And so that those two pieces are, are necessary for that verifiable piece. But again, that idea of clicking on the badge, seeing that it is up to date, that it's that it's relevant, that it is current, those are things that are necessary for 
anybody saying that if you say I have the skill or competency, having the authority in the space saying, yes, indeed they do. Here's the assessment that they took. Here's the course that they took. Here's the, you know, the experiences that they've had that lead us as the authority in the space to say, yep, this person can do this. That piece of it is huge. A paper certificate sort of fulfills some of that, but it doesn't have all the metadata that's necessary that underlies that to help somebody understand the nature of that credential. So I can tell you that I am an expert in, you know, whatever technology, unless a viewer sees, oh, but this is the class, it was a 12 hour class, or it was a three month class, or it was an endorsement program from a university, whatever that is, I can see those nuances and really understand, yes, this person says they can do this, this authority says they can do it. And here's all the information that helps me as an employer as a, as a viewer understand, yeah, this, there was some rigor that went behind this credential. And there's even the possibility for a sample work, right, that could potentially be linked to or built into the badge, sort of a portfolio that might further speak to like, yes, I really have this skill. Here's what I did to prove I have this skill. Absolutely. So we can we call those artifacts. So you can put in links, you can put in JPEGs, PDFs, all that can be included in that metadata, again, lending that context to somebody earning that credential and seeing what it was really about. So the other the other thing that we're seeing is not only just in credentialing, but let's say you do a podcast as I'm doing right now, you know, it could be even be as simple as that. So recognition that I've done this, you know, I'm a, I'm a guest on your on your podcast, wherever that may be, I can actually put a link to the podcast in the actual digital badge itself. And so I know that I'm doing this as a relevance since you and I are talking, but it could be even just, again, more opportunities. Let's say I'm a, con- a contributor to a, spe- a specific industry. My contribution can also be part of that record. And somebody can say, oh, I see that you've done this. I see that you're a board member of this organization. And then it may have a link there to some of the podcasts that I've done or some of the blog posts that I've written or what have you. If you're in the assessment space, it could be different content that you've written or things that you've done in order to contribute to the industry. So I think it's really important in terms of, again, what goals people are having for utilizing digital badges. It can do a lot of different things depending on, you know, again, what you what the the benefits may be to your community. At Tagoras, we're experts in the global business of lifelong learning, and we use our expertise to help clients better understand their markets, connect with new customers, make the right investment decisions, and grow their learning businesses. We achieve these goals through expert market assessment, strategy formulation, and platform selection services. If you're looking for a partner to help your learning business achieve greater reach, revenue, and impact, learn more at tagoras.com services. Well, and speaking of goals, I mean, that makes me think about interoperability and, you know, being able to connect digital badges with other systems and in so much of a tech integration, interoperability are, are just so key. Um, you know, I'm thinking about SCORM and AICC for learning management systems, for example. And I know that already in the conversation, you've brought up Mozilla Open Badges, but, you know, maybe there are others or maybe you want to talk a little bit more about that. But what are kind of the guidelines or standards that a learning business should be aware of or thinking about if they're going to go down this path of implementing digital badges? Certainly. So there are standards that we that all the vendors, you know, comply with, so to speak, different ways of the metadata things that we include and etc. There's also underlying technology that that all the vendors will also include in there, but it is a proprietary piece of software. So each one of the vendors who are, you know, selling into this space do have their own different nuances for their for their programs. And while they're 
is some interoperability or some ideas with that, it really is still siloed. There are universal types of portfolios, wallets, things that some of the large organizations, you know, your IBM and your work days and your other those other people are kind of proposing out there, but it still really is siloed at this point. And one of the questions I often get is blockchain. So the, you know, and I, I'm not an expert on blockchain, so I don't want to get over my skis on this one. But that is the technology that we're most excited about and have our sort of fingers in at this point. We're doing a lot of work with some of the large organizations, very large organizations to start building out what's possible utilizing blockchain technology. And I think that that's the most exciting thing, but I'm going to equate it. And I don't know the age of everybody listening to this podcast, but I equate it sort of to the VCR and the tape. So like if you have a tape here, but you don't have the right VCR, it doesn't work. They don't work together. So right now we're in sort of in the space where the, the two things aren't together. The wallet doesn't necessarily match. We, we're not ready to sort of have the reader along with what's where we're writing to the block to to a specific block. So until we have sort of that universal wallet or this universal way of reading the different digital credentials on the blockchain, it's not robust enough yet for widespread use. So we're on that trajectory. You know, one of the things we think about is beyond just when we think about credentials, your your driver's license, your passport, there's lots of things that we think of that are actually credentials. That's that's what they are. You should be able to go into a bar and not show your ID with all your name and your your number, all your important information. They just need to know that you're 21. So when we think about a credential in the true sense of the word, there's only certain information that somebody needs to know that's relevant to them. So that's sort of when I look at the broader opportunities there of what credentialing can be, that's the things that we're looking for is having that universal wallet to be able to have the reader and having people be able to share relevant information with specific um, groups of people. So we think about applying for a mortgage. We just bought a car, which is, you know, you want to pull your hair out with the six hours that you have to sit there and provide every document they have. They don't necessarily need it. They just need to know that you're, that you're, you're ready to pay, that you can, that you can pay for it. So that's what we're most excited about is like sort of the direction of where blockchain is going to go. And that's what I think is really going to produce that interoperability, the true interoperability that, that is going to be really interesting, you know, going forward. Well, I did want to ask about blockchain, so I'm glad you brought it up. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just trying to make sure I'm sort of hearing what you just shared accurately. I mean, to you, sort of the advantage of um, tying a digital badge to blockchain really would, this this relates to the interoperability and this ability to be able to show the relevant credential in the relevant situations and for it to kind of just work mm-hmm. out of the box. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You know, you've mentioned the marketing benefits of, of digital badges, and I do think that's really interesting, the sort of inherent, um, you know, shareability of them and just that they aren't the paper in the drawer, that they are much more visible to external folks. And I know that one of the things I heard you talking about with, with marketing is, again, in some of that metadata, you have an opportunity to actually kind of really almost build a case for why someone who's interested in, you know, they're looking at someone else's credential, but it's sort of a case of, hey, this might also work for you. So maybe just talk a little bit more about how you see marketing and and digital badges kind of really serving that marketing purpose for learning businesses working. Yeah, so it's it's a really interesting thing. And it's what I'm really excited about that I'm talking about with a lot of clients that we have. So the the metadata fields, there's some that are required fields, again, building on those standards and a lot that are that are able to be completely customized. So one of the things that is an example for marketing that I'm suggesting some of our clients do is have an about us 
class section or learn more section. So you can have links within the badge metadata itself. And if you have a learn more section, it could have a link to an e-commerce page even, or a stat static page that'll give a viewer or another person looking at that badge opportunities to sign up for a course or, you know, is there, is there learning more? It like takes them through that whole process. So again, the individual who's sharing their badges becomes a, a conduit, so, so to speak, for an organization to really put the word out there that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do on their own through traditional marketing avenues. So that's one of the things that I find most exciting about the direction that badges are going in this in this day and age. We've hit the tipping point. I spent the beginning of the foundation of my company convincing other organizations, yes, you need this. There's, you know, so much value here. Again, part of the whole the whole piece that I thought was a no-brainer was it's so much less expensive, less labor, less paper, less mailing, all those other things that you think of. And if I'm talking to the right people in the L&D space, this is what they literally want to bang their head against the wall about, you know, the costs associated and the labor associated with all of this. So, of course, that's where digital badges get us. So that was the hurdle that we kind of faced at the beginning. And now it's sort of like, the you know, hey, mom, look, no hands kind of approach is like, okay, what else can we do with this. And that marketing piece is just, again, so powerful. So I would say that's one piece of it is utilizing the learn more here type of thing in the metadata. But certainly we have other opportunities then to add other static images, static pages in there so that as somebody is sharing that badge, they understand more of that context. It's even as if, let's say I am a university as an example, and I have an executive program because a lot of universities are moving in that direction. As they put that out there, they, they, somebody completes the program and that individual shares it with their employer. What we're finding, and I've heard this, you know, anecdotally is that the company, especially large companies will then go back to that university and say, Hey, we saw that you were offering this executive program. Would you be able to create a program for our company, you know, moving forward? So we're finding that there's you know, not just opportunities to sign up for that particular program, but it's building on that and, and, and creating new opportunities that maybe people didn't know about or that it's connecting people together for new possibilities within the L&D space. I think that's a really exciting side. And, and I'm glad that you're seeing that opportunity, talking to organizations about that opportunity. And it does sort of seem like a logical next step to go a little bit deeper with digital badging by really using them as these marketing vehicles. And it's sort of like the modern day referral, right? You know, it's, you know, kind of instead, you know, it used to be one on one me saying, Oh, this is a great class or this was a great experience. I would recommend it. But now, you know, people can do that kind of without having to actively share that information. Just people can look at the badge and go, Oh, she did that. I think that could be a good fit for me too. Mm -hmm. And the icons are part of that. So you have something that's really beautifully constructed in terms of like, I look at that, I understand it from just the iconography kind of standpoint. And then again, all that metadata leads me as a viewer to say, okay, let me learn more about this. So I can dig in as much as I'd like to. And again, those layers can really be built into the badge, depending on the organization's goals. So being really smart about that, I'm just going to kind of go back on that marketing piece again. One of the things that we always remind our clients about is that marketing also has to happen. There has to be some foundation to that. So as you want people to share their credentials online all over the place, you have to build in how they do that, what they're supposed to do. If there is some innate understanding of what it is, especially now, again, that tipping point has already happened. Many people have earned badges. They get them, they understand them, but it's really also important from a 
different type of marketing standpoint. I'm going to kind of take a little detour there, but it's also important for organizations to say, okay, we have a plan to help our earners is the, the term we use or the recipients understand how to use this and the benefits to them to encourage them again, then to share it more broadly online and then have that, that, you know, again, them be a, a conduit for, you know, their own organizational marketing. So we always remind our clients that, you know, you want to actively remind people that they're going to receive a badge at the end of a, of an experience or as they, as they do receive those badges, the, the benefits to them, because again, that when we think about engagement in general, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of your listeners are also, you know, in the type of psychology space, but you know, that intrinsic and extrinsic extrinsic value, they need to see both once they earn a badge. So encouraging them in really smart ways. And, you know, on our our side, we offer what we call a launch kit, a marketing launch kit. So we give tools for our stakeholders, our, our organizations to be able to best do this. I know that digital badges can be awarded for many different types of learning experiences can sort of run the gamut from very long, in-depth learning experiences to shorter um, experiences. And digital badges for those shorter experiences you know, tend to get called micro-credentials. And then there's the possibility with those smaller digital badges to potentially stack them and create pathways. So would you just talk a little bit about what that looks like and kind of the benefits of that? Yeah, so the nomenclature is kind of interesting. So when we think about what micro-credentials are, they're not a digital badge anything, but digital badges help support the pedagogy around what how to build micro-credentials. So when I think about a micro-credential, it's really this capability of structuring content in such a way that somebody can look at that and say, all right, these four experiences, these four webinars, these these modules in a, in a course, if you're building it on a learning management system, these things together will allow me as a, as a student, as a learner, to be able to say, yep, as I complete this series of something, then I am a, I'm capable of doing this skill or competency. So when I think about micro-credentialing, it's that capability for an organization to start building those, those, those opportunities to cluster things together in such a way that they can then say, okay, yeah, you now can have this skill or competency. It could be just one thing, but a lot of organizations are doing what you just mentioned is stacking them. So when we look at what badges can do on top of what the concept of micro-credentialing can do is it offers that technology and that visual representation to help somebody understand how they move through those programs. So what we're finding is when we provide consulting to our clients about how micro-credentialing can be beneficial to them, a badge can be representing each one of those layers or those steps towards building up to mastery. So we look at that final piece of mastery as the micro-credential, because again, it's a subset oftentimes, but those those opportunities that they're doing that are more of those step stones can also be represented by badges. So it allows, again, that value when we think about that extrinsic, intrinsic kind of opportunity. As a learner, I want to see myself moving through a program. And it help, it's helpful for me to have the acknowledgement from that organization that says, yep, you've completed this step. Now you've completed this step. Now you've completed this step. You need one more step in order to earn the micro-credential in a specific skill or competency area. So that's when we look at L&D. That's the direction that we see lots of organizations moving towards is because they have the badges as that tool, they can now build on their, their various concepts of smaller, nuanced skill building or competency building through learning and development opportunities. So it could be that that stack is attendance at an event, 
watching a webinar, creating a blog post, submitting some, you know, various uh, work, work related types of products. And so they that organizations now as they're thinking through what would be possible, how can we help our learners compile the kinds of things that are necessary in order for them to show mastery? micro credentials can do that. So I'm excited about that piece of it, as well as when we look at certification in general, there's lots of things that organizations are missing out on. So they may have their master certification and it takes years and years. It takes an assessment. It takes all these things, but they're losing sight of the fact that somebody may, I'm going to use a nursing as an, as an opportunity here to kind of frame it, but I could be a gastric nurse and I earn the credential for that, but maybe I work in pediatrics or I work with, you know, infants or I work with, you know, other types of populations. I'm not recognized for being an expert in any one of those. That's what a micro-credential can be really, really, really interesting is that I can now be recognized for those other kinds of things that organizations had no way of recognizing me for. Plus they had to go through a lot of the accreditation steps and a lot of those other steps to create a, a true certification program and micro-credentials allows them to kind of work on the edges of that and still do that recognition as the authority in the space to say, yep, this person has the capacity to work with this population or to do these certain skill or competency things that are not necessarily under, that may be under the umbrella of our credential, but the, the broader credential is too general for them to say, yep, I can do these other things that makes me successful for that specific position. Do you see any issues or have any advice around uh, using digital badges in to represent both the, the really big picture, you know, like a, a, a big certification versus kind of more of that, you know, micro skill level? Like, does it potentially create confusion or do you feel like, nope, digital badges can sort of, you know, fit anywhere along the line? Any advice or thoughts around organizations that might be sort of wrestling with that, like when do we award a digital badge and for what? Yes. So I try to say resume worthy is one good metric for that. Like if you're going to put it on your resume, that's a good thing for a, a good reason to give somebody a badge for it. Because oftentimes our resumes, not mine or yours, but other people's. So somebody might, might extend their, their, you know, capabilities on their resume. Okay. Being nice here in PC, but you know, we want, if you have a resume or something like that, and you're saying, yeah, I can do these things. And here's the authority who says I can do them. Even if they're micro, you know, we have areas in our resumes that we may want to say, yep, I can do this. So a badge is a really perfect way to represent that. But I would say that the fear of oversaturating somebody with badges, it certainly is there, but I'd say that the metadata really helps with that because, you know, again, somebody can look at that and say, yep, I have this, whatever, you know, I've earned this badge for whatever it is. And somebody else can say, okay, what does that actually mean? And look at that metadata. So that's a helpful piece of that. But the other thing is, is that an individual can choose to share it or not share it. So we have a portfolio on our side that allows somebody to collect all their badges and keep them there. And so it's also just a record keeping way of of saying, yep, I've passed through these various things, or I've done these certain things, or I've attended these various things. And it's just a record of a verified record of experiences that again, I can choose to share or not share. So even if I've earned a lot of badges, doesn't mean I have to put them places. So I would always err on the side of, okay, well, do you want to recognize somebody for this? Is this something that you would issue a paper certificate for that they would need to just file away in case they need it? That would be a really good metric to understand whether it would be badge worthy. So I think you've alluded to this some already in the conversation, but I just want to get your view on where things stand with digital badging in terms of implementation and up take and familiarity, you know, how would you characterize the digital badge movement or market at this point? 
Sure. So I'd say again, I use the term tipping point that happened already. So we're five years into that. So many individuals have already earned, you know, badges for a variety of things. So as people are looking at it in terms of, okay, are we ready to jump into this space? It's here already. Organizations, you know, the biggest organizations in the world have adopted it. And what we're finding in our, from a business standpoint is, you know, I'm getting many, many, many inquiries every single day for organizations that are a hundred or less people that they're training. So organizations span the gamut in terms of, of the types of organizations that are doing it, as well as the types of industries. So in terms of uptake on that, if it's industry specific, we're, I, I don't know industries that aren't doing this. And a lot of organizations will say, well, yeah, but my population is 60 and above. Will they really want this? We find that it doesn't matter how old the recipients are, that there's reasons and benefits to every age of, of individuals earning this. And every industry, like I said before, even if it's not a technical industry. So we have organizations that are HVAC, where they literally wear the patches on their sleeves still. They also want a digital patch because they're hanging their own shingle or they want to stay compliant and they need to turn something into their employer. So there's lots of those kinds of reasons. So when I think about the industry in general, age isn't a factor industry is not a factor. So those kind of things we kind of put to the side at this point. In terms of where digital badges kind of function from a business standpoint, again, the reduction of costs was huge. So that was what the other hurdle was. So a lot of organizations are, are recouping costs for labor, recouping costs for mailing, for printing and all those other things. So that's become, again, one of the hurdles that we've already crossed that a lot of organizations are choosing to move to the digital badging space as their key way of recognition. I, I look at it as a currency. So if we think about badges as a currency, people start to understand, okay, yeah, now I, I want badges for this. So we find that the organizations that have adopted badges, maybe just for their credential or for one experience, they find that their recipients are like, okay, but am I'm getting a badge for this, right? So it's also pushed by individuals who've earned badges or they've earned badges for other experiences. So they'll go back to the organization that they're either working for, or they're embedded with at that point and say, oh, I've earned a badge here, let me show it to you. So we also in the digital badging space have seen it be sort of, again, organic of people earning them for different experiences and then going back to the organizations that they are also participating in and say, but here's what I have here. So we, the referrals that we get from a business standpoint also come from that as, oh, so-and-so earned a badge and they showed it to me and I really like it. How can I do that? The last thing I'll kind of mention is just the technology itself. So we're constantly adding features and different things onto the technology that are that are evolving with the way that work is evolving. So as we think about just the types of work that people are now that are that people are getting involved with. They may have multiple jobs. They may, you know, they were the, the, I don't want to get too deep into it, but the gig economy and all those other kinds of things. People upskilling. People are changing their their industries far more rapidly than they ever did before. So all those other other things are reasons why people want digital badges and need them because it's no longer that you've worked in the industry for 20 years. So therefore I have different skills and competencies. I may be zigzagging between lots of different types of industries or, you know, I'm consulting, I'm doing all the things. And so digital badges are really the medium of choice for people who are don't necessarily have the years of experience, but they may have the learning and development types of experiences that allow them to enter into new careers. When you think about the future of digital badges and where things are going, 
what comes to mind? So I'd say the micro-credentialing piece is something that our business is really evolved with. So the capability of our technology to allow an organization to stack credentials. So badge A plus badge B plus badge C can automatically level up to badge D. So from a standpoint of where we see education moving, as well as how our technology matches that or meets that need. That's one of the things that we're that is the most growing trend is that organizations, and now that we have a term for it, organizations are like, that's what I've been thinking about, or, you know, learning and development, people are like, I've been wanting to do this. But now that we have a terminology and, and, you know, uh, kind of a framework around this, oh, my goodness, I, I can do these things now. So as we see those two things coupling together, I think that that's sort of one of the things that we're always keeping in mind on is how can we match our technology to meet the needs and 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 kind of push the the industry a little bit forward because i think there is a push and a pull there that we respond to the things that are happening and we kind of say yeah other people are doing this we have a bird's eye view that other organizations don't have because i work with literally thousands of organizations and in thousands of different industries so i can say these are interesting things i'm seeing in these other spaces perhaps you should try this as well so us producing content as a business to help the broader L&D companies just to, or organizations develop and, and say, okay, what's new? That's one of the things that I think is exciting about being in the space that I'm in and digital badging is in because we do touch our toes into so many different things. So those are some of the things I'm keeping an eye on. And I, as I mentioned before, the blockchain types of technologies that we're, that we're working on are, are so exciting. Again, they're not there yet, but they're moving in that direction. And that's something that we're, that we're really, that we're really excited about. You mentioned having a bird's eye view, working with thousands of organizations. So I want to be sure to ask what lessons have you learned that you can maybe share with listeners, especially, you know, folks who are maybe looking to get into it or to increase what they're doing it, any, any secrets or, or lessons learned to, sh- to share with folks? Sure. I've already said this, but I kind of want to go back to it is is really the more organizations help their earners or their recipients know what to do with them, the better and more successful they are. So that's one of the things that the lessons learned that we tell every one of our clients, our new clients is let's create a, a plan for marketing to the people who are receiving your badges. And then also, how can they help the recipients utilize badges as a means for getting them to the next level. So be it upskilling, be it look at, you know, how can this help them to differentiate themselves in the job market? So helping providing sort of that context around how it's going to help the individuals and and how it's going to support them in their own professional life. That's, that's a really, really important lesson, I think, to the success of programs. On our side, we have analytics. So people, you know, organizations can see how often badges are being shared with whom and on what mediums. So I would say that it's interesting. We think about Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn as our our key places that people share them. LinkedIn is still the top place that that most of our clients, uh, most of our earners will share their badges. But I always find it interesting that there's still, you know, Facebook is still a big part of where people share their badges. You can see it reflected in the analytics. So I'd say that that's also really telling for our organizations to say, okay, if you find that 70% of the people receiving badges are sharing them on LinkedIn and 30% are sharing them on Facebook. 30% is not nothing. And perhaps your population is still using Facebook. So that's a, that's just a key data point to understand again, when you, when they're thinking about their own businesses, where are the people, where are their people in their industry? Where are they living, you know, online? So I'd say that there's some data points within that you can look at from how people are sharing their, their credentials 
to really get some insight into different things that they may want to do in their own businesses. Along with that, they may have 10 badges that they're issuing to their stakeholders for various things. And perhaps only two of them are are those that are getting shared widely and the other eight aren't. That's another question they might want to ask is why aren't people sharing their, their badges related to these eight courses? Maybe that's something they want to dig in through a survey or just through anecdotal conversations or something like that. So the data can really help support the kinds of questions that, that people are asking. And on the other side of that, when I think of like job task analyses and things that our clients will engage in, you know, what are the next things that they can provide? That feedback loop that could potentially come from expiring badges or having the badging, our, our badging platform that can send messages out to gather that data that's necessary for them to know what courses to, to create. You know, what are, you think you have a pulse on what the industry looks like? But you may be too far removed from that. So you need to dig into the people that are actually getting their hands dirty in your industry to best understand what it is that they're looking for. And digital badges, the data around it, plus the kinds of feedback that you can get from sending the messages out, because again, meaningfully engaging people, they don't want to be inundated with, take this survey, tell us what you think, what have you. The badges can provide sort of a more natural way for people to be like, oh, I need to look at my expiration here. I want to maintain it on my LinkedIn profile. And it can then provide some of that information to say, oh, I need to take this survey or I need to submit something to my organization in order to maintain my badge. That can give them the really important information that could be revenue drivers for them that they didn't even know about. So when I think of that, those kinds of things, I think that that's sort of the secrets that are behind it. It's not just a badge technology. If we think about that, you know, lots of people can do that. But it's all that other stuff that underlies the capabilities of it and the benefits of it that are really where the the nugget, the good nuggets lie. Dr. Ginger Malin is CEO at Badge Cert and founder of Badge Cert. She welcomes listeners to reach out. You can email her directly at gmalin at badgecert.com. You can also find a link to the Badge Search site in the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 322. At leadinglearning.com slash episode 322, you'll also see options for subscribing to the podcast. We'd be grateful if you would subscribe if you haven't yet, as subscriptions give us some insight into the impact of the podcast. We'd also be grateful if you take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen, especially if you enjoy the show. Salise and I personally appreciate reviews and ratings, and they help the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. Lastly, please spread the word about leading learning. At leadinglearning.com slash episode 322, there are links to find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.